We're on a mission from God. Wendy? So I got that going. Darling? Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Light of my life. We enjoy your films. I am a human being. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Welcome to Vintage Video, where we're rewatching the 80s so you don't have to. We'll be reviewing every major film release of the 1980s in real time, overanalyzing what you've seen and spoiling what you haven't. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. I'm Jesse Bayless. And I'm Richard Wells. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Battle Creek Brawl, aka The Big Brawl, on August 29th, 1980. It was written and directed by Robert Klaus, based on a story by Klaus and Fred Weintraub, and released by Golden Harvest in Hong Kong and Warner Brothers in the U.S. Macaulay Culkin and Chris Pine are three days old today. They're born the same day. Captain Kirk and Kevin McAllister. Hmm. What? <laughs> what? They're the same year old? The same year, the same day. Wow. Macaulay Culkin and Chris Pine, three days old today. This was Jackie Chan's first U.S.-made film. He learned all of his dialogue phonetically, as this was also his first English-language film. Did he really? Yeah. I'm surprised because I feel like... He had a decent handle on it. I think he had a decent handle on it. And I feel like I've seen other movies where I didn't feel he did. So I feel like this was better than some of his other English. I think it tends to be when you're learning it phonetically, where you're just trying to repeat a phrase rather than when you're actually learning the language. Okay. So what you're saying is some of his later films where he didn't sound as good was because he's actually learned English. Right. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. Warner Brothers was disappointed with the box office return. It cost $4 million and it made $9 million, which should be good. But they expected another Enter the Dragon-sized hit because it was the same director and producing team. It's bizarre to me that they thought that what made Enter the Dragon great was the producing and directing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, not that Jackie Chan isn't comparable to Bruce Lee in terms of their performances and abilities. They definitely are. I I would say that I like Jackie Chan more than Bruce Lee. Have you seen a single Bruce Lee movie, though? (sighs) I've seen... The Crow? No. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. That's, I don't not, know. that's the it's, wrong way yeah it's this, it's this kid i don't know if i have i can't think of one off the top of my head yeah but i don't disagree you definitely like jackie chan movies more than you like bruce lee movies. i i just find him so incredibly adorable yeah i can't i can't not love him uh he said jackie chan has said that he felt limited by director robert klaus who discouraged a lot of chan's pitches for extra action in the movie for example to get from his car to his father's restaurant jackie tried to pitch doing a flip out of the car on the way to the restaurant but klaus said nah just walk it'll be fine and jackie chan was like people aren't going to pay money to watch jackie chan walk yeah and And i think that is the the, and right that is some of the charm of his other movies is that it's just so over the top that it's just wonderful we open with footage of jackie chan doing some high kicks against a black background we cut to a fight in what looks like a back alley somewhere between the huge guy who looks like propeller head from raiders against an old man in suspenders yeah and when i saw this guy i was like this guy looks like like a like a weightlifter from the 1930s and then i started seeing the crowd i was like is this yeah everybody looks like they're from the 1930s why set this movie i don't know other than to make it more expensive well or maybe i mean maybe so that it was acceptable that there was a legitimate brawl type thing that but they could also, go to but know, also like, a white girl dating a chinaman I, <laughs> which is what they would say <laughs> <laughs> definitely not what richard would say <laughs> no that's what no. richard would say too but. chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature asian american please i actually thought that was a really interesting choice not just for the 1930s setting but even in 1980 just to have this be completely n- non-remarkable in yeah. the movie um but I, I think the main reason for the timing is so that it makes sense for it to be about, uh, you know, a protection racket with Gangsters. the mob yeah. and that kind of stuff. But that still exists. Yeah, but it doesn't exist the way it did in, like, The Godfather. Isn't that what Rumble in the Bronx is about? Like, this gang wants protection money from, from the family? Yeah, but this one needed to be, like, isn't Rumble in the Bronx another another Asian gang is doing the protection racket? Yeah. I I think that they wanted it to be mostly Italian actors, like American actors that people recognized. Mm. Yeah. Because they were they weren't ready to cast an entirely Chinese cast for this movie. 
Yeah, but I mean, but the concept of protection, it doesn't they don't it doesn't have to be a Chinese gang running protection on a Chinese restaurant. I don't disagree with you. I I, I think it just, just boggles my flavor. mind. Like again, what you said, like they have to have cars, all these posters maybe, and Maybe maybe it's actually cheaper because you're shooting the whole thing on a back lot oh, with studio cars. No, they didn't though. No? No, it was mostly shot in Texas. The the fight was for sure, yeah. I think I the whole thing the was. whole thing was shot in well, or at least the majority so, was shot in Texas. A lot of it is is uh studio. Yeah. I mean the Chicago part was not Chicago. Right, yes, that's true. It didn't see a single L train. <laughs> But in this fight between enormous weightlifter guy and old man suspenders, suspenders is losing handily, and uh, a balding gentleman in a three-piece suit calls an end to the fight. Billy, the gargantuan, can't hear the fight ending over the roar of the crowd and moves forward to lock lips with the corpse of his opponent. <laughs> I was so taken aback by yeah. this kiss. I was like, what? What is I was happening? Like, I was like, they're kissing? Everyone's like yelling kiss. I was like, is this what they're you into do? They're it. I don't know. <laughs> People forget how progressive we were in the 30s. <laughs> they kiss for a moment before he drops suspenders to the floor. Apparently, this is a fighter named Billy Kiss, and that move is how he ends each fight. He calls it the kiss of death. One of the reporters documenting the fight brings up an actual death that occurred in the ring a year ago in Atlanta, but they say it was purely an accident. The men backing the other fighter here pay their debts and leave the fight disappointed. They picked a really crappy fighter to put up against this guy. Yeah. We see Jackie Chan doing some impressive acrobatic work on the frame of a bridge, and below him, his girlfriend is waiting in a car. And she is cute as a button. She's adorable, yes. yeah. I, I, yes. I am never not smiling when she's on camera, because she's just always like happy, and she's just got this look. There were like ringlets in her hair and everything and she's like got that. a very uh, peppy energy to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asks if his brother still plans on marrying that Chinese girl that he's only met through letters. A couple of mobsters hold up Quan, a Chinese business owner's restaurant, for protection. When he argues that he doesn't need protection, they show him that he needs it from them by placing his hand on a chopping block and then pulling it away before burying the meat cleaver in the block. He counts his fingers and they tell him he might not have five next time. Jackie Chan and his girlfriend arrive just as the mobsters are leaving and his mother points out the back door so Jackie pursues them and leaves his girlfriend to care for his shaken father. Jackie Chan takes tomatoes from a box by the door and hucks them down the alley at these mobsters and luca brazzi walks right up to him and gets another tomato in the face jackie chan goes into a masterful bit of pretending not to fight and just accidentally kicking these criminals over and over again (laughs) i love this it's so it's so like drunken master exactly it's it's just wonderful how he's finding ways around you know actively fighting and he mugs so much with his face through all of it i like when when uh uh, Luke Obrazzi's kick kicking him, but then he stops kicking him, but he still acts like he got kicked again. And he goes, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I should have pretended like I was still getting hurt." Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. Uh, he just knows how to make this fight really entertaining. Eventually, though, all these criminals are just knocked over in the alley, and he promised uh, his his father comes out and says that he promised his dead mother that he would never fight. After the fight. These mobsters are clearly embarrassed that the three of them lost a fight to this one guy, but they're also kind of intrigued, like they want to use him as their new fighter in this upcoming Battle Creek brawl. The father in the restaurant, Quan, is upset that his son picked a fight with these men, and Jackie Chan offers to wash the dishes for tonight as his father heads up to bed. He tells Nancy, the father tells Nancy, not to let Jackie Chan go to his uncle's place, because it will be bad for him, but he doesn't specify why. In addition to the fighting, it seems like his father is upset that Jackie didn't pursue medicine, like his brother, who is here wearing a doctor costume for the scene. Uh, So you know he's a doctor. Yeah. And he's eating an apple, which should keep him away. Yeah. Well, that's how you, you, an apple a day, you give it to the doctor and the doctor leaves. Ooh, an apple. (laughs) I guess you're fine. (laughs) Works every time. It works on teachers too. People just don't do it. So his uncle is also in medicine. His which, uncle is a chiropractor. Yes. Which his father doesn't even seem to consider a real job. Who, who but seems... no, he does, though. He does, though, in so much as he was like, you could have gone into medicine like your uncle or your brother. Like he calls his he calls his brother a, like a bone cracker yeah. or, or something yeah. like that. Jackie asks to borrow some money from his brother so he can enter the roller race and promises to double the investment. Jackie's uncle finishes a chiropractic session with a large woman patient. 
Jackie's name in this movie is Jerry. 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 Uh, Jerry is practicing in his uncle's gym. There's dancing steps painted on the floor, but he's doing fighting moves as he steps from footprint to footprint. Um, and his uncle throws a handful of baseballs from a bucket at, at Jackie, and uh, he's dodging them capably. Next, Jackie and his uncle fight, and his uncle is armed with only a cane, but the uncle uses the cane to hook Jackie's ankles and his neck to eventually win the fight. And the matchup ends with Jackie sprawled out on the floor while his uncle moves to pour them tea. And Jackie tries to surprise his uncle, but his uncle sees it coming and tosses a cup like over his shoulder to Jackie. And so the fight is over. He's, he's holding tea, so the fight is over. The mobsters from earlier enter a mansion that, for whatever reason, reminds me of the one in Razor's Edge. I don't know if it's the same one. Uh, the brothers come to talk to their father or the godfather? Yeah, he, so... They're not brothers. They're they're cousins. They're, yeah, because they keep calling him Leggetti. Yeah. And then they call him David. They call him, yeah. His name's David Leggetti, but they'll alternate between calling him David and Leggetti. Yeah. Well, he's but, he's not their father. Right. He's, well, he is, he is Luca Brazzi's father. I don't think so. No? I think he, he implies that he didn't have any sons, and so he's left with all of these guys who are family, but they're not his sons. Mm-hmm. I thought that... At least the Godfather and Luca Brazzi were both named John, but maybe I confused that. But uh, the Godfather is upset that they apparently lost this fight to a single guy because when they heard that they got beat up outside this Chinese restaurant, they thought it was like a whole gang mm-hmm. that took them on. And so when he finds out it's just one person, he's pretty upset about it. And they're, even their grandma's busting their balls about it. You couldn't find a whore on Rush Street. Oh, now, Grandmama. Don't Grandmama me, lazy fart. Godfather says... I think you'd better find him, David, because he makes it clear he wants to enter this kid in the in the contest. And, and not to, and not to kill him. Yeah, don't like, kill they, him. They, Bring they him, want him. A crowd forms at the anything goes knockdown drag out roller race. So I didn't realize when he said he was going to the race tonight that it was going to be a roller skating race. Yep. <laughs> this was quite a surprise for and, me. <laughs> and a relay race. Yeah. <laughs> and that his progressively white girlfriend was also going to participate in this uh derby you know yeah. like this roller derby which is it's very like a hardcore violent. derby yeah <laughs> um so there's three teams there's the white team that's nancy jerry and jug and then there's the gold team and the red team i really loved when i saw who the announcer was it's larry Drake. oh my god yeah and and he gives 110 yeah, percent to this performance including when he's pulling out the starter pistol and pointing it at alan like at not alan tedic like gonna shoot him in the face like like this guy looks like alan tedic right standing right next to him and yeah. a guy looks at the gun and he like looks legitimately like frightened like this guy's going to shoot me because this is a prop this is a real starter gun for this movie yeah. and you're pointing it at an actor yeah so i was so completely distracted in this scene that i wasn't noticing any of that stuff because of their outfits like it w- i was so taken out of the movie because of their outfits they are wearing like jumpsuits. What look like like 1980s track suits. Like they're mm-hmm. made of nylon. They are zip up. They have stretchy, you know, like cuffs and, and you know, on them. It looks like basically a 1938 uh, jumpsuit. No, like I was just like, I was seriously even just Googling while this whole relay was going on. I'm like, I don't even think nylon had been invented yet. Like what the hell are these outfits they're wearing? Yeah. And very integrated. Like that you know there 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 there's white people there's black people there's Asian it's like this this doesn't feel like the 1930s no why was this movie set in the <laughs> 1930s yeah, I don't get it there's no reason it couldn't have taken place in 1980 I would have believed gangsters charging protection money in 1980 I, I I with everything only just change the wardrobe yeah and yeah. maybe maybe don't even change Jose Ferrer's wardrobe I'm fine with him looking dapper but otherwise this movie doesn't make sense yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of Jackie's competitors harasses him before the match, but it's all in good fun. But then the mobsters step in and pay the gold team some money for some kind of task. As the starting gun is fired. Well, the task is to defeat the other team. Which <laughs> they yeah. were already trying to do. do. <laughs> well, I mean, I felt like they specifically wanted them to injure him or push him off the path. But so this is all what you do. But this is already a no rules. Like yeah, literally, they, they there were no rules. Anything goes. I think they said aside from using weapons, or is that later in the other brawl? But literally, they could have done anything to yeah. prevent the other team from winning. 
That's true. So what is but they the got ju- they just got paid extra money to do what they were already going to do in case they were planning on throwing the match. <laughs> I don't know why it even matters. Why do you care if he wins it? Just take him at the end of the race. Right. Why are you even here now? Why didn't you take him from the restaurant? Uh, as the starting gun is fired, one member of each of the three teams begins a relay race. They batted each other with their batons on the way to handing them off. And as they turn a corner, the three are blasted with a fire hose. Uh, well, first... Uh, you have to jump out of the yeah. window. So as part of the, it's, there's like an obstacle course to it. So they go out of a window onto a pile of like mattresses mm-hmm. and then they skate up a ramp. And as they're coming around a corner, they get hit with a fire hose. And the first person on Jackie's team, that's, that's jug. I think for the first lap, he rolls the baton on the floor after falling and Luca Brazzi stands on it to prevent the handoff. The gold team elbows the red team down a flight of stairs off the track and the announcers are very excited at the bloodbath. We are breaking bones over here! I'm pretty sure Drake this line. is not how relay would work, though. It, mm-hmm. You know, the whole point of a you relay is that yeah. you have to get to the person yeah. before they can start. So rolling it would seem to defeat the fact that it's a relay race with yeah. a baton. <laughs> yeah. Nancy leads in the second lap, but is latched onto by the crowd approaching the handoff to Jerry. Suddenly, the gold and red team members are just trying to kill Jerry and have given up on the whole race portion of the contest. Well, and and Jerry doesn't even have the baton. Yeah, th- yeah. at this After point, the batons have just totally disappeared yeah. from this race altogether, which, again, I don't think is how baton relay races yeah. work. <laughs> uh, Jackie, of the three people on his team, seems to have the hardest time pushing against the fire hose. He's like literally using a trash can lid to push the fire o- or push the water away. He and a gold team member make it to the final turn and jackie wins it by a nose oh and freeze frame yeah like it's like the movie's over <laughs> the end. Yeah, he did it he Success. Won. also you cannot as cool as jackie chan is you cannot look cool like roller skating like no. that it just <laughs> no you can't um as they pile into the car to leave nancy says 25 bucks which I thought was the entry fee when they were talking about it earlier, but I guess that's the grand prize. Well, the yeah. grand prize was 75 but they split it three ways. Right. The third member of Nancy and Jerry's team decides to roll home solo on his roller skates and is stopped in an alley by two cars full of mobsters. They threaten the third member with switchblades for a while until we cut to Jerry and Nancy undressing in his uncle's gym. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a very perverse note. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> I was like, they, they threaten Jug with stabbing. Meanwhile, Jerry gets ready to penetrate Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. A couple more Jugs. Suddenly, Jerry's uncle enters, and he picks up Jackie Chan's shoes and hands them to him and says, don't get distracted. You must be pure in body and mind. This is essential to gain harmony with one soul. And then he disappears down the hall into another bedroom where his patient from earlier is waiting for him. Uh, it turns out that he has a relationship with this woman. Jackie goes to visit his brother at the clinic where he works, and an older gentleman knocks on the front window shouting for a doctor and then leads Jerry and his brother down the street. Uh Uh-oh, he's leading them down an alleyway. This is no good. They find Jug, the third member of the white team from the roller contest, and he's been slashed with razors. Like, they just slashed his face up with razors. This kind of reminded me of Defiance where uh, they find... Uh, Wacko, Wacko, but isn't that the same guy who plays yeah, the, Luca Brasi? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, was kind of reminded me. Similar, of the mobsters who sliced up the guy get a dressing down from the Don. Uh, the Godfather decides to touch base with the Wu brothers to bring in Jackie Chan, since these these children of of the mob can't do it. Jackie Chan and his girlfriend Nancy are at his father's restaurant when the phone rings and a voice tells him that Jug's accident was no robbery. And they invite him to meet at the outdoor theater in two hours and not to bring anybody. So Jackie Chan goes to this outdoor theater and the Godfather and Luca Brazzi take seats in the back row of the outdoor theater. And Jackie, while well, Jackie Chan's like on stage. Yeah. yeah and well, it's a set up. Yeah. <laughs> and then just men start piling on him from every direction on the stage, uh, utilizing the props and set decorations Jackie Chan is able to fend off their attacks, but it kind of looks like Rumble in the Bronx in very slow motion. Uh, Later, people will direct him better to use tighter inserts and faster action to make this all look more possible. Yeah, that was my... More more impossible. 
that was my biggest complaint about this movie actually is all of these scenes like even though they're they're choreographed fine and Jackie Chan is charming throughout and fully capable in all of these action scenes they're really boring because they have very wide stationary shots right. and they just cut from one wide stationary shot to the next at a slightly different angle and it just isn't very good uh, camera choreography in Jackie Chan's autobiography he says of this film that the way Klaus directed the scenes he had to do the entire fight from beginning to end in a take that's got to be exhausting that that is exhausting and that's always the way that Jackie Chan has wanted to do it but he would do two or three and start getting up to speed and then Klaus would say all right we're good we got it and then Jackie Chan would be like well no we have to keep doing it until we're doing it full speed like for a fight and he's like no 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 you, you all the motion was in there we're good and so he would just give him like two or three takes to get the entire scene down yeah. and then they would call it a day and so jackie chan was like this looks like crap this is not yeah. how i fight like yeah. I, this is not up to my standards well it feels like that in the edit it, yeah. it feel it feels a little slow and clunky and the shots are wide and weird and it's and long but anyway he he's able to beat up the Wu brothers um on this stage and then when he looks back to the back row of seats the godfather and luca brazzi have disappeared again jackie returns to the restaurant where his uncle annoys him about fighting more or his his father annoys him about fighting more yeah yeah his father his Uh, father doesn't want him to fight yeah his father's i guess worried about him and at the same time disappointed jackie chan kicks his dad's hat off to prove his ability and accuracy and his dad says that being able to defend yourself is no way to make money while at the same time he pays hand over fist to a bunch of gang members so that he doesn't have to. But he doesn't pay. Right, but they're going to keep coming back and harassing him and he's saying that there's no value to being able to fight back. Jackie's brother has been notified by the steamship company that his fiance May is to arrive two days early. Suddenly Jackie is put in charge of heading to the pier to collect his brother's fiance, which is actually very similar to how Big Trouble in Little China starts, mm-hmm. where it's like this Chinese guy is going to go to the airport to pick up his fiance and uh, she's getting intercepted, basically. So this timeline makes no sense to me. Um, so they're in Chicago. Right. And the ship is coming into San Francisco. Correct. Yep. And he's supposed to get on a train today to pick her up today? Is it today? Is it the same day? I think that's what he says. He's like, oh, he's getting in early. When does she get in? And he says, today. No, I think he's, he says, when do I leave? Oh, and he, he says, says when do I leave yeah. today? Okay. Because this information is intercepted by the bad guys. And he said, the cab driver who takes him to the train station calls up the godfather and says, hey, all I had to do was sit outside the restaurant for a second. And he got right in and he just told me what he was doing. And he says, he's going to San Francisco to pick up his brother's fiance. He's going to be there at so-and-so time. And the Godfather says, wow, I have time to get there a day ahead of him. But it it's also seems just crazily over-elaborate. Yeah. It, she should have just showed up in Chicago. Yeah. Why, why did we have to take this yeah, to it San Francisco? It doesn't need to go all the way across the country. <laughs> Walking down the street with May in San Francisco, suddenly someone snatches her purse. And Jackie chases the robber around a corner and finds the purse just hung up on the alley, like just on a brick. And then he realizes that this was a trap and they were just trying to get him away from May. And when he comes back, he asks a witness where the girl went. And the witness says, sit down, Jerry, we have to talk. She's safe. And he gets brought to the Godfather where the Godfather finally makes the offer. He needs a good fighter. Jackie is that fighter. And his payment will be, we will release May and we will never bother your your dad's restaurant again basically and then there's this really convoluted we're gonna have you take a double yeah back because jackie says i can't go home without my brother's fiance and they're like we've thought of everything (laughs) here's another random chinese lady they all look the same (laughs) (laughs) that's basically what he's saying because he says what they don't know each other at all all they all they've done is exchange letters and photographs and And it's like photographs that's important (laughs) yeah I can't tell the difference between these two women. I'm not entirely sure why we needed this whole thing anyways. He has a perfectly good girlfriend that could have been kidnapped. Yeah, and it also yeah. never pays <laughs> off for the whole rest of the movie. It never yeah. gets played off. I was really waiting for that humorous scene where after he has introduced 
this fake fiance that the real one, you know, like when is the reunion scene? And yeah. it never happened. I'm yeah. like, wait, there's so much humor in Cause this. Cause there's two ways this could go. <laughs> well, I mean, there's three ways this could go, but the, the two funny ways are he likes this girl much more yeah. than he would have liked the fiance. And when he's introduced, he's like, Hey, guess what? That was a double to, to hold you over while I did this fight. But we got married. But here's your, here's your, <laughs> and he and he's married. just like, Oh, well I don't care about this other girl. And he just takes me back to the, the, the docks to get on another ship home or the other way around is where he's like you know what you seem so great in your letters but this girl's driving me crazy like i think maybe this whole marriage thing was a mistake and it's like oh good news that's not actually your fiance your fiance's over here we had to give right. you a double for a couple of days which would be like the wholesome ending to the story but, but instead we just never come back to it <laughs> but also another way would be like this woman who was said to be a prostitute yeah um like now she's all of a sudden in a relationship with a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like no, I'm gonna I can retire yeah, from prostitution great. and and be married to a doctor. Yeah, she's well, gonna be pregnant before this fight is and over. And you actually pointed out that she has this uh, singing in the rain type aesthetic yeah. to her, where yeah. she sounds really obnoxious. She doesn't sound Chinese at all. She's got this. Yeah, she definitely didn't just come off a ship from mainland China. Right. But I'm just waiting for them to play that up, too. And, um, you know, she doesn't annoy the brother at all in any way. He's just like, oh, cool. Hi. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And he, like, looks confused for a quarter of a second. And then he's just like, all right, fine. Jackie thinks that this whole thing is a dumb idea. But he agrees to it on the condition that if he wins, he gets to keep the $15,000 in addition to them leaving his father alone. We cut back to Quan's restaurant, which has an NRA sign in the window. Which makes me think he should be better at protecting himself from these mobsters <laughs> than he is. Unless NRA meant something different in 19 Dickety whenever this movie takes place. <laughs> Jackie trains at his uncle's gym where his uncle suggests that May is being held in Chicago because apparently he's been let in on yeah, all Yeah, NRA is the National Recovery Administration. What does that mean? Like from the Depression? Established by Roosevelt in 33, eliminate cutthroat competition by bringing industry labor and government together to create codes of fair practice okay so there you go it's not about guns that makes more sense nancy asks if it would be stupid to go to the police stupid no unwise yes if it is known that jerry has gone to the police i think we'll never see the girl again they decide to locate the girl themselves and rescue her rather than participate in this fight since I'm already certain this movie will end with the fighting tournament, I am not surprised at all when they're caught here in the yard. Plus, they're like making tons and tons of noise. Yeah. If, if their concern was getting other people involved would get the girl killed, then certainly breaking in and breaking trying to in take her and possibly killing the Don's men. Yeah. A man walks Jackie at knife point toward the building until his uncle disappears and then attacks the man from behind. Suddenly, Jackie and his uncle are surrounded by people to beat up. Jackie shouts to his uncle, who swings the can over his shoulder, knocking out the attacker and says, I know. Jackie suddenly abandons his uncle and walks around the house using a hoe to climb up onto the balcony. And as he jumps the railing, a guard notices him and they fight until Jackie pulls the guy's tie between two columns and then punches him out. A second guy approaches Jackie with a gun until Jackie throws his hat in the air as a distraction and then kicks the gun out of his hand. Jackie beats up a few more guys before the Godfather comes out and just starts applauding him. Because it's, every time he thinks he's winning a bunch of fights, the Godfather's like, that's exactly what I wanted. This is wonderful. You're doing great. Uh, Jackie and his uncle demand to see the girl, but they're refused. They are, however, invited to utilize the Godfather's fully equipped gym to train in. And then on their way out of the property, something happens. Yes, my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're walking out... Jackie just kind of uh, jump shouts, jump shouts at <laughs> at the guy that's sitting on the balcony railing, and yeah. the guy just falls backwards, and there's a <laughs> Wilhelm scream, and it's just fabulous. <laughs> so great. I like jump shouts. But they also don't have proof of life. Is she yeah. dead? Yeah, Is they that why we don't have the like reunion at the end? Had a wave out the window. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, it is suspicious that every time they ask, like, where is it? Oh, she's so great. She's eating a bunch of food. She's for sure not dead. We sure didn't drop her down some stairs on look, accident. Look, there she is. She's waving. You see <laughs> floppy arm Oh, my God. Weekend at Maze. 
yeah, that is. Uh, I'm I'm second guessing this now. Every time they're like, "Yeah, no, she's great. She's actually really happy here. Everything's wonderful. She's at a she farm probably doesn't upstate. even want to go back home with you." <laughs> yeah, what's that, May? Yep. Oh yeah, she says she doesn't want to go back. <laughs> she says you can keep the double. For context, Luca Brasi seems to be the Godfather's son, where the second mobster we've seen is the nephew. Unless I'm wrong, the nephew meets with the guy sponsoring Propellerhead in the big brawl. Somehow, uh, Propellerhead being Billy Kiss, somehow he already knows about Jackie Chan, and he's probing the nephew for information, and he's basically playing the Fredo card. He's like, oh, I know your uncle's been pushing you aside, and uh, but your family's important too. You, sh- you should be making a name for yourself. And the nephew basically teams up with the guy from Pittsburgh against his own family and shakes hands with this guy. After the nephew leaves... Uh, Pittsburgh tells his driver, "It stinks. Get us out of here." Like he can't even stand the air in Chicago. Well, they were in a like a like a slaughter area. Like yeah, a, but I think part ranch. of the joke also is just that it's like that's how much he hates Chicago. Like he's pretending to like it so that uh. he can get what he wants out of this guy, but he doesn't even like the city. Jackie trains more with his uncle, who makes a post with a bunch of arms sticking off in all directions, wearing boxing gloves. Uh, he spins it to punch Jackie repeatedly and then makes a rule that anytime Jackie makes a mistake, he will share his cot with this weird post with arms. Uh, we see Jackie trying and failing to fit into a cot with this giant piece of exercise equipment. Then he's on a stairway treadmill with nails behind him, forcing him to continue climbing. After a bunch more training, Jackie bests his uncle in a second cane fight, ending with him tipping his chair back and handing him tea and a teacup. And then his uncle says, you're ready for Texas. Jackie heads to the Brawl of the Century in Battle Creek, Texas. As an official announces the fight, it becomes clear that this is literally a battle royale with probably 50 competitors who are all invited to just beat the shit out of each other in the middle of this street until the church bells ring. A woman begins singing the national anthem, but she's taking too long to finish. So the band is like trying to rush her through the song because the fight is already breaking out. And by the time she gets to the end of it, half of the competitors are already in headlocks. As should be expected, the fight boils down to a small group of people, including Billy Kiss and Jackie Chan. And again, once around, the crowd just keeps going, kiss, kiss. (laughs) They're like the fish from Little Mermaid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Billy Kiss of the United States faces off against the Jamaican fighter. Apparently, they're all split up into... Like, countries? Countries. Because, like, Zangief was in there, too. Like, yeah. Like, it was, like, clearly a big Russian wrestler. But, but that wasn't part of it before. Like, Jackie Chan isn't from China. Like, he's here in Chicago. His father right. is... He's representing Chicago. And they say that later. They say Jerry But everyone Kwan else is Chicago. representing a country, and he's the only one representing a city and a state and a country. But, yeah, Billy Kiss is supposedly representing all of America. But he fakes a handshake with the Jamaican fighter and then kicks him in the crotch and eventually billy kiss wins this fight and so jerry kwan faces off against les harris is is the guy that he's fighting with jerry nails les in the face so many times that he gets real pissed off and steals a police car and tries to just run jerry over which i feel like is a violation of the rules yeah also the law yeah <laughs> well stealing a police car yeah i guess that would well, be the, there is a cop chasing after the guy so. Um, but he's just chasing Jerry around like through crowds of people to try and crash into him. He crashes the car into a betting parlor in an attempt to just murder Jackie Chan. Um, and Jackie tricks Les into driving over a fire hydrant and then in the splashing water is able to land three final kicks and knock the guy out. Morgan, the Pittsburgh mobster, is starting to get real nervous about Jerry. He considers hiring hitmen to interrupt the fight to avoid losing any money. But wasn't that the plan from the get-go? What was the point of the meeting with Ligeti if the plan wasn't to somehow sabotage this fight? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he was asking the nephew to do. But we never get any indication what the nephew did. Yeah, except maybe like get more big guys to be in this fight yeah and like that these one of these big giant guys will take him out but it's like these are the best fighters in the world facing off so it doesn't matter if you get like three more guys from your mob to Mm -hmm. come down the next fight is between liberia and japan two other fighters i didn't even realize were still in the running uh while watching this fight jackie is informed that the jamaican man that billy kiss hit earlier was actually killed next jackie is paired up with johnson from liberia 
It's nighttime now, and the fire is lit with massive torches held by people in the crowd. The crowd is chanting, Jerry, Jerry, toward the end, like it's the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> but also like a lynch mob yeah <laughs> like uh, seeing all these torches like in crowds in the streets is yeah. like uh. very frightening um maybe they see the wind coming what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> maybe they see the wind coming patrick it's like real <laughs> must have just been existential wind. in his notes <laughs> maybe they see the wind coming the wind coming sakura why did you do it <laughs> As in the bad guys see that Jackie is going to win. Maybe they see the wind coming. Yeah. Maybe they see the wind coming. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps these are meteorologists. Maybe they see the wind coming. Jerry knocks out Johnson against the side of a car. Back at Dad's restaurant, the whole family is listening on the radio, announcing the fight, and they're all very excited to hear Jerry's doing well. So they've just been pretending to hate that he fights. At the hotel where they're staying, Nancy applies bandages to Jerry after the first night of fighting. When his uncle gets to his room, he finds it crowded with gunmen. <laughs> the next morning, a man hands Nancy a hat with a note in it, and it says, we've got your uncle, and yeah. you have to throw the fight. But what concerned me about this this plan of the handoff of the note, this note should have been left under the door of their apartment. No, no, no. Give it to her in person so she knows who sent it. Well, no, not even that. She gets the hat and the note, and Jerry is separated. He's already off to fight. Like he's it's a- moments before he's yeah, starting to he's fight. He's like, if he doesn't get this crucial information, he. What if he like? You yeah, know, he's not going to know to throw the fight. Yeah. Well, what if I he think- Brad Pitt's uh, knocks this guy out in one yeah, hit? That's true. But I also think that they wanted to make sure that he there wasn't a lot of time between him finding out and fighting because otherwise he would try and solve the he, mystery he would try he would try to get his uncle back beforehand and they know that he's very capable so they want to make sure that he's not looking for his uncle he's doing the fight i, I agree it just seemed like it was very sloppy because yeah. he was separated from the. it was just like it, the hat should have been given to him yeah that's and true like because right before he enters. like then that, yeah. that for sure he would have that information yeah yeah, yeah. Four henchmen sit with the bound and gagged uncle in a nearby courtroom, presumably yeah. nearby. And I was like, is he, uh, my note is like he's being guarded by a pair of Brian Dennehy's. Yeah. Are these guys twins? They are twins. They are identical twins. It was okay. so weird. To, to, I think a lot of these people are professional wrestlers yeah. of, of that are maybe not of like the wrestling era that we know, yeah. but because they're, they're all just big bodybuilders. They huge, so they, yeah. they, I'm sure most of them are just famous people that we just don't know. But they're sitting around basically listening to the radio waiting for word on what happened in the fight. Uh, while the fight rages in the streets, Jerry's uncle starts to tear the railing loose from this courtroom that he's tied to. I thought he was just going to pop out two of the rails. Yeah. like, But he just pulls the whole uh, section Pulls the out. whole thing up. He kicks three henchmen to the ground and breaks more railing on his way out of the courtroom. I like that he 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 understands that he is now six feet wide because of the railing that he's carrying behind him, and instead of turning to fit through this doorway, he just runs full speed at it to break <laughs> more of the railing off. It looks like terrible editing when we match cut from one twin to the other because I didn't realize at first that they were two different people. Jerry's uncle climbs the whole way to the top of this bell tower to shout down to Jerry that he's okay, and back at the fight, Billy Kiss is moving in for the kill the kiss of death when jerry finally notices his uncle because he's ringing the bell now and he's like oh my uncle's okay time to just destroy billy kiss and he does that well because this entire time he's been avoiding fighting yeah mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure we had a macgyver episode like this with dick Buttkiss acting as a professional wrestler and they told him to throw the fight and they had his daughter but then macgyver saves his daughter and she shows up during the fight so then he's like oh okay i can i can actually win this one Uh, But Billy Kiss runs off to hide in a nearby movie theater, and Jerry follows him in, but none of the spectators do out of respect for their privacy. I don't understand what's going on here, because Mm. this is supposed to be, like, this public fight. Everybody's super into it. Like, there's a roaring crowd outside, and yet we let the two fighters just go into a vacant building by themselves to finish it off? I I would have, knowing that that my uncle is safe, I would have just let him go in and go, well... I'll wait for him out here. Yeah, yeah. So either they're going to declare me a winner out here or he comes back out eventually and finishes the fight. Yeah. There's no reason for me to go in here other than the fact that his girlfriend is missing who is supposed to go look for the uncle. So we guess, yeah. But because we don't see what what she does or what happens to her until the very end. But But she's dead, we should say. (laughs) She's as dead as May. (laughs) 
Uh, Jerry is cornered again by another handful of mobsters and defeats them handily because they're all tiny men and they're not nearly as big as the hundreds of people that he's beaten up outside. Uh, Billy Kiss is, is back outside the theater demanding that they consider Jerry's absence of forfeit. Which is what he should have done. Yeah. Uh, the fight goes on for quite a bit more time, though. Billy Kiss eventually tears down the chalkboard that they were using to keep score to start beating Jerry with it, but it's no use. Jerry defeats him, and Billy is demolished against a big wagon wheel on the side of the road. And Jerry is lifted above the crowd and celebrates with Nancy. And that's the end of the film. We never go back to his father or well, May or his brother. Well, well Jose Ferrer gives us a, a, a line don't worry everything will be taken care of yes his family's going to be murdered right yeah and exactly. may has continuing to be dead yep writer director robert klaus directed enter the dragon game of death force five and jim kata he also directed china o'brien and its sequel the directed video sequel china o'brien 2 the story here was by fred weintraub he was a producer on this film and he also produced tom horn earlier this year jackie chan plays jerry kwan He's in Rumble in the Bronx. He's in the Rush Hours, the Police Stories, Super Cops. He's a voice in Kung Fu Panda. He's in Cannibal Runs 1 and 2. Um, he's also in Enter the Dragon, Fists of Fury, and Game of Death with Bruce Lee. Jose Ferrer was Dominici. Uh, he plays Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV in Dune. He's Cyrano de Bergerac in 1950's Cyrano de Bergerac. He's Toulouse-Lautrec in the 1952 Moulin Rouge. And he's Lieutenant Marty Greenwald in the cane mutiny and he is the father of miguel ferrer ah okay and the uncle the vice of president of the M yeah. marvel cinematic universe <laughs> and uh also i believe the uncle of george clooney oh is that true i believe so i didn't know they were related well because he he married rosemary clooney that makes sense christine DeBell was nancy she's in meatballs she was just in willie and phil as rena She's also a talking cat and a talking pony. She has credits in both of those. Yeah, she's in a bunch of David Dakota stuff. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I don't remember us talking about Rena in William Phil. Um, I don't remember her bringing... I think we did, but we just talked about um, Meatballs, William Phil, and she was in uh, an erotic Alice in Wonderland as, yeah. as Alice. Um, I, it's so weird that I was, like, I was looking through it because I thought it was but a we... totally different person. Because <laughs> she's so great in this. Yeah, she is. And and she was just kind of like bland in And she's film, totally adorable but, in Meatballs, too. Um, but yeah, I was looking at all these different David Dakota movies that she's in, and uh, I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. Mako was Herbert. He plays the wizard in both of the Conan the Barbarian movies. Or I guess both of the Conan movies. Yeah. one's Barbarian and one's, and one's Destroyer. Red oh, yeah. Uh, He's also the voice of Splinter in the 2007 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he's the voice of Aku on Samurai Jack, and he played the uncle on Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, Uncle Iroh. When he passed away during the production of the show, it was really upsetting to me Yeah, and really hard for the show to I'm carry sure, yeah. on. Rosalind Chow played May. I love Rosalind Chow. <laughs> I'm sure you do. She was Miss Chung on Different Strokes, but she's probably best known as Kaiko O'Brien in star trek the next generation and deep space nine yeah keiko oh yeah that's i thought O'Brien's she looked wife. familiar yeah, yes she's a... wonderful yeah she's, she's only in this one very quick scene though yeah, she's walking down the sidewalk and then gets kidnapped I, which is why i wanted more i yeah. wanted to resolve that whole storyline i was super excited when i saw her in the credits and i was like god she's gonna be super young in this uh she's also the chinese mom in north and she apparently plays the character of lee in the new China-approved Mulan from Disney. Okay. But I don't know who Lee would be. In the first movie, Lee is the name of the love interest character guy that I guess is being written out of this version of the movie. Oh, is he? So I don't know what character she's playing. I don't know anything about the remake. I think she also plays Robin Williams' daughter in What Dreams May Come. Oh, yeah. I did see that she was in that. Like, um, like she's the she's his daughter in this form. Right. Like, because of something he had said when she was alive. Oh, okay. And and he was alive. He had said something about um, how is she dead in that movie? Yeah, I thought it was his wife Cuba, that was dead. They're they're all dead. Oh, because okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. is his son. Oh, spoiler! Sorry for people who haven't seen What Dreams Might Come. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. is his son, and I thought his wife killed herself. Yeah, but they're all dead. Why are they all dead? I don't remember why they're all dead, but they're all dead. I thought it was just his wife was dead because she killed herself, and then he was trying to rescue her from. 
he well that he it is that but but the people guiding him cuba Gooding jr and rosalind chow are his son and daughter oh okay i didn't realize that again Corn spoiler spoiler it's for anyone who hasn't seen no, i've seen it i just don't i remember distinctly not liking it when i saw it and it was probably because i didn't understand what was happening <laughs> the porno version is called wet dreams makeup lenny montana played john he's luca brazzi in the godfather yeah he played a con man in the jerk he played a wacko in defiance earlier this year and he wrote blood song <laughs> a wacko <laughs> He, no, he just played wacko. It sounded like you said he played a wacko in Defiance. Well, he did also. Uh, Pat E. Johnson was Carl. I don't remember who Carl was, but he was a karate instructor in Little Dragons. He's the guy with those the epic sideburns and the curly hair. Um, he was a bodyguard in Tom Horn and a referee in the first three Karate Kid movies. Mary Ellen O'Neill was Dominici's mother. She plays Mitri in Galaxy of Terror next year, and she plays actress in Beyond the Universe. <laughs> um hb haggerty played kiss uh, kiss being billy kiss um, he played the lumberjack in the muppet movie okay he was also steve bull in paint your wagon and brandy in foxy brown chow lee chi played kwan that's the father character that owns the restaurant and he's uncle chu in big trouble in little china i recognized him immediately he plays chung ling su in the prestige which is the best christopher nolan movie and he plays the Chinese ambassador later this year in The First Family, or First Family. Uh, I think that's our last movie for the year. Peter Mark Jacobson was Jug. He played Steinberg and Gorp. That's the guy who never left the bathroom stall. He was Fran Drescher's husband at the time and a writer for The Nanny and co-creator of her show, Happily Divorced. And The Nanny. Did she meet him in Gorp? Isn't she no, in that one? No, they were married already. They were already married in yeah, Gorp. She okay. got him that, that job, oh. for sure. Gene LaBelle played Stroke. Uh, he plays a taxi driver in the movie Rush Hour, which I imagine Jackie Chan brought him along for that. He is also a con man in the movie The Jerk. Sonny Barnes plays Ironhead Johnson. He's Lockjaw in Force 5 and a Western trainer in Jim Cotta. Larry Drake was judge number one during the roller race. He plays Robert G. Durant in yeah. Dark Man. He's also Dr. Giggles in <laughs> Dr. Giggles. And he's the voice of Pops on Johnny Bravo. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I mean, his face is just wonderful. It, he's such a unique looking man, and and obviously Durant uh, in the Darkman movie because the return of Durant, yeah. is like what Darkman three. Yeah, well, it's because it's the main or Darkman three's Diamond Darkman die. I think. Ah, gotta get all these Darkman mixed up. But the bad guy becomes the main character of the franchise. Correct. Which is bizarre. I've only ever seen the first one the only one you need to see yeah but yeah this was fun i think um there's there's not going to be a not fun jackie chan movie yeah and i think uh that he's still very charming in spite of the direction and not great writing i i think that as an american film producer even watching this i would have been like this guy has something special like yeah there's there's sure. n- you there's no way you don't notice that jackie chan is is just doing so much work here yeah and that you could do so much better than yeah. in this movie not not to say that it isn't a fun and enjoyable watch i i it has it has its problems yeah. but jackie chan could save any movie yeah but i i think uh even even when he's not well choreographed and not well edited i think uh what he's doing is entertaining to see and so much of it is in the performance and the comedy of what he's doing mm-hmm that uh, I think it just really works well. And uh, I'm excited for more of him, although I know his next film isn't until, I think, 85. Uh, as far as American releases go, I think it's The Protector, and I think it was it, it suffered kind of the same fate as this one, where it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the best creative team aside from him. And so I, I don't think uh, it made very much money. But um, we'll also have him uh, in Cannonball Run as a smaller part next year. What are we thinking, up or down on this, Jess? Oh, it's definitely an up. Yeah, I think it's an up for me, too. Yeah, I'm going to give it an up. Like I said, Jackie Chan just makes you smile. Yeah. And his antics, and I think that's what separates him from Bruce Lee, where I feel Bruce Lee is a little more serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Jackie Chan, I think, has a little bit more fun. Well, I think, uh, because I think Jet Li is more in the tradition of Bruce Lee. Yes. Which is just a very serious, like, exhibition fighting type performance where Jackie Chan has always been the guy who's like trying to juggle a, a you know 
um, Ming Dynasty vase and a bunch of kittens while fighting people. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it, it, he's the clown martial artist, and that's that's what makes him special. Um, I don't think he's going to get a thumbs down for me until probably Medallion at the earliest. Not not the tuxedo. No, the tuxedo is fucking great. How dare you? Letterboxed. Do we know where this goes, Jess? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty high because, like I said, Jackie Chan can do no wrong. It is in 16th place for me. It is just below the Blue Lagoon and just above Zombie. All right. That is pretty good. Richard, what do you think? Um, I don't have it as high. Uh, it's still well above the Windows threshold. Um, I have this just below Carney and just above Alligator. Okay. Um. And that puts it at 38. Above alligator. That's 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 a good spot. Uh, I have it in 35th place. It is just below the nude bomb and just above cruising. I think that's about it for this one. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, we are Vintage Video Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where, as I've said before, you can find each of our full movie rankings for the year. We can also be found at VintageVideoPodcast.com. Please consider rating us on iTunes to help people find the show. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we will thank you personally in an upcoming episode. If you're feeling especially generous, you can also support the show through patreon.com slash vintage video podcast. And on that note, I'd like to say a special thanks to KRDragon6950 for their kind review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be discussing He Knows You're Alone, which IMDb describes like so. A young bride-to-be is being stalked upon stalked upon stalked how about (laughs) is being stalked by a serial killer in staten island she gets help from a former lover but will they manage to escape we leave you now with the trailer for he knows you're alone on the night before her wedding every girl is alone joyce nancy amy Patricia, Joan, Debbie. On the night before her wedding, every girl is frightened. And this time, there's good reason. He knows you're alone. girl is never mind how i just know who it is on the night before the wedding he knows you're alone and it's going to be for the very last time <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>